Happy New Year. Welcome to 2024. Yay. Any New Year's resolutions? Are you a New Year's resolutions person? No, I find it really stressful to like, I think, you know, I feel like people have kind of like found different ways to like take the pressure off of New Year's resolutions where you like pick a word, you know, that you're like, that that you're like vibing with for the year or something like that. I think I need to find like my version of that because the idea of like a list of resolutions and I already have like so many to do lists and like, it just is, I just don't need another one, you know, that like, that like I'm going to get behind on or feel like I failed or whatever. So, which is like my own issues but I think I feel like I I do need like a like a forward-looking like goal-oriented way into the year but I don't know exactly what that is yet I like that mindset I definitely feel that people have latched onto this word thing yeah do you have a word no I you feel like you would have a word I (laughs) does feel like I would have a word and one of my best friends and my goddaughter are huge Bridget whom you know very well are huge into the word and so they've been texting like what's your word what's your word what's your word and the problem is I pick a word and then it just doesn't fit for the year I feel like halfway through the year I'm like oh this is like the word of the year which becomes a theme more than Mm -hmm. an intention word I don't know I feel like we are so tired coming out of 2023 we feel like intentions is a good like maybe maybe not resolutions but maybe intentions like this is how I intend to approach yes. this year. My intention, mm-hmm. which I like better than a word, even though it is a word, is <laughs> <laughs> circling around. We're going to get there, is really focused on being present. I feel like the past couple of years, I feel like for me during COVID, I, when the world went quiet for a while, I had a lot of time to just sit and think and be grateful and be joyful and like everything slowed down for a minute. Because we were limited in the amount of things that we could do, it was easier to focus, I think, like on one thing at a time. And then the world opened back up and it just feels that it's been chaos. And it's also, I mean, social media, you open up social media and there's just a thousand things being yelled at you at once that you can't even see straight that I really think being in the moment and being present is my number one goal and I don't really know how to accomplish that, but that is my intention for the year is to actually enjoy where we are or just be where we are. I think Brett Dyer mm-hmm. from Jane the Virgin, yes. who did our virtual ghost tour with us, he, as we were getting ready to film that, had never met him before. It's the only interaction we've ever had with him was his ghost tour, which was quite delightful. But I think I was joking around saying something about, are you nervous? And we went back and forth on nerves and like what in a joking way, but what nerves mean. And he was like, the thing that I've learned to do is be where my feet are. And so whenever you start to get nervous or find yourself not being present in the moment, it's like focus like on your feet on the ground. 
and just be where your feet are. So anytime I travel, like that's my mantra, be where your feet are and like bring your head back to the present. And I'm just trying to do that on a regular basis, even in the small things. Like when I go on walks in the morning, when I'm sitting to watch TV, mm-hmm. when, especially during the festival, the festival happens so fast and it's so chaotic. And there's so many people that I hate when I meet someone attendee, panelist, sponsor, press, whoever it is, and having a conversation. And then the conversation ends and I don't remember any of it because my head was in a thousand places. And it's like, we just want to be here and remember this. Yeah. And I was just, I was just going to say like, that is, you said be where your feet are. And like, I immediately like had like a sense memory of like being at uh, ACL and like, that being sort of like the one moment, like that first time we were in ACL on Friday of like really my mind paused for a minute and was like, oh, like we're we're in literally an empty ACL and like we have it to ourselves. And like that, I feel like we don't we don't give ourselves those moments hardly at all during the festival, but it is really important to help us remember why we're doing it well and because it's so fun and we work so hard for it so even that us taking a minute to enjoy it yeah because those are the worst times is when it all goes by in a flash and you're like i don't even remember it and meeting people and having moments with different people i loved us sitting at ACL Live that day as Robert Ellis was practicing the cheers theme song and we were just sitting in this empty Mm -hmm. space not looking at our yep. phones and emails and whatever else was happening. And it was just, uh, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a good. So to me, that's resolution. and my other like hack that I've started doing for that is when I feel myself not being present is uh, I just start observing the things around me, mm-hmm. like actually calling things out. Like if, if I'm walking Neville in the morning and my head is in a thousand places and I'm trying to work through things, and I'm like, no, 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 just be here on this walk. Then it is noticing, <laughs> so cheesy, noticing the flowers, noticing the clouds, noticing the decorations in my neighbor's windows, noticing. That's like a real like therapy thing to like slow your mind down and like bring you back to your body. And that's like yeah. what I've been trying to practice because days go so fast Yeah, and I don't want to miss them. So that is my intention i know it's like the mindfulness to be present blah 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 but it's actually finding the things to do to make that an actual actionable item yeah do you have any intentions did i just call out your intention no i think my intention is like to find and like make time for the things that like energize me because i feel like there's so many just things constantly that are like draining the battery around us and like um like figuring out what actually makes you like excited and like brings mm-hmm. you joy in between the oh, I've got to pay bills and I've got to answer emails and I've got to do all the things you have to do like what do you want to do mm-hmm. and like making time to actually do those things that you want to do because it refills the battery so I think that's the intention I support that fully. Thank you. Uh, now, segue, if you could create a product that could help you do that, what would it be? Just kidding. That wasn't actually my question listed, unless you have one. I mean, I feel like somebody is probably working on that 
on Shark Tank now or <laughs> is planning to to bring that to Shark Tank. I do think there is something to be said for time management tools that the I'm going to call it the eternal human flaw. I don't know if that's correct what I want to say, but that the more time we free up, the more time we fill. So it's more about using our time, not making more time because we just keep adding to it. So there's so many great time management tools out there, but we just keep filling that time with other things. Yeah. Not to get too like big, but like that's a byproduct of capitalism. So, so you know, unplugging capitalism. from that, finding ways to unplug from the machine. Yes. Um, I think more it's time key. to do nothing and yeah. to actually do nothing in that time. Yeah. Because, like, I kind of feel like humans aren't supposed to just be working all the time and, like, making more time to do things that are purely productive. There are some, some, you need moments to just be unproductive. You know what I mean? Agreed. Fully, fully agree with that. Um, which I think is interesting going into Shark Tank, which has a lot of uh, good advice for people starting businesses and looking for the thing, the product. And I think it's so interesting. The ideas that people come up with, I do like the mindset that they go into, which I think a lot of people talk about is like, what is the problem that this business is trying to solve? Mm -hmm. And I thought about that with us and ATX TV and why we started it and what like that problem was to solve and why people responded. And the thing that I came up with, which I think holds very true is there was no place to, you watch TV by yourself at home and there was no place to go to really talk about it. Whereas mm -hmm. films you go and you watch together and you talk about them, but TV, there was no place to communally go and like really talk about it. And films, the creators behind films get to see them with audiences all the time. And even if there wasn't a big premiere, they can literally sneak into a theater and like watch it with an audience. Whereas TV, if you wanted to watch it with an audience that just doesn't exist and that mm -hmm. genuine reaction to people watching your show doesn't exist. And so it was such an interesting thing of like, I didn't really think of those as problems to be solved, but they were the catalyst that led to the festival. And then the catalyst that led to our year round community was COVID and a, we're all so isolated. How do we create this community that people can interact all year round? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, even post COVID, we still need that and want that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think it's maybe less the like somewhere to talk about it and more just the, the like experiencing it together. Like, I think, I think that is like such a great point about being able to like creatives being able to watch like with an audience in a way that TV creatives don't don't get that opportunity a lot of the time. And here they get to do it with people who are like genuinely fans and open to like finding new things and trying new things. And it's not not so much about like you're going here to like I mean, people come here to, to, to work and sell their <laughs> things. But when you get in the room, it's really not about that. Yeah. Like it is actually about the feeling of like laughing with a full theater and like being able to have that conversation after where like you all just experienced this same moment. You watched the same thing. You're all like, I think there, it, it, there is like a, it's like a film festival high, you know, yeah. like people come out of film festivals and they have a different reaction than somebody just seeing it 
in a theater three months later. But I think that is such like a such a unique thing that like TV hadn't really had, you know, 10 plus years ago. Like Mm -hmm. that just wasn't really a thing. So, yeah, I think it I think it did solve that problem. Still continuing to solve. Yeah. This year, May 30th through June There's always 2nd. new problems Come to solve. see the problems yeah. that we will be solving. It was really fun to listen to this panel and to see the interaction of the sharks. And the thing that I love the most is just they seem to genuinely enjoy each other and have some nice competition amongst them, but in a way that is really fun and good natured. And it was fun to see that live and hear the audience in that same way react to it and be able to be in conversation with them. I really enjoyed it because you never know with people what their personality on or off screen is going to be. And these people feel very much what you see on the show is what you get. And they're Mm -hmm. quite delightful to watch interact. Yeah. They're all very like smart, sharp, witty people who are like, luckily don't take themselves so seriously that they can't like poke fun at each other. Yes. Um, which is very fun. I mean, the fact that like Mark Cuban is sitting there getting ribbed, you know, by his, <laughs> yes. his coworkers is, is pretty funny. But yeah, they were they were a lot of fun. And the amount of knowledge that they have about business and how to how to really like, yeah, zero in on the problem and how to solve it and um, help these entrepreneurs like get their projects off the ground in the most efficient way and productive way. Um, you know, that's why it's been on so long and why it's such a massive success still yes which is amazing i had no idea it was that many seasons yeah and with that enjoy our first release of 2024 we have a deal inside the business of shark tank presented by sony pictures television moderated by michael schneider of variety Hello, hello, everyone. I am Michael Schneider, TV editor at Variety. And thanks for coming out. Uh, The sharks are in the building. So, yes, excited to talk about season 14. It was a big season for these folks, uh, but every season's big for all of them. So why don't I introduce them uh, to you right now and we will get going. First off, the executive producers of Shark Tank, Clay Newbill. Also, Yoon Lingner. And then, of course, we have the sharks themselves, the investors and executive producers, the one and only Mark Cuban. And, of course, Damon John. Appeared as a guest shark this season, Kendra Scott. And a success story coming out of Shark Tank as well. We'll get into it. He's the co-founder and CEO of Beatbox Beverages, Justin Fenchel. Uh, Well, thank you all. I know you're all super busy, so it's great to get you all here to the ATX Television Festival. Let's kick things off by, uh, like, sharing a few stats, first off, uh, because season 14, uh, which airs Friday nights at 8 p.m. on ABC, uh, we're now up to 190 million dollars in deals throughout the 14 seasons, Clay. Is that? Test, test. Test, test. Uh, As I said back in the room uh, in our pre-meeting, I was told there'd be no math No math. (laughs) But um, 
Yeah, we've done, I think the biggest number probably is that cumulatively the, the, show, the, the retail sales of all the companies that have ever come on the show in our 14 years now has surpassed, it's over $8 billion. So this is its own economy. It is. Of course, you know, we had um, Doorbot come on and pitch many years ago, which eventually became Ring and which was bought by Amazon for over a billion dollars. So that takes a big chunk of it right there. And Damon can speak to one of his companies. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Um, Bombay Socks does one billion of those eight billion <laughs> in sales. Not but uh, we've had over a thousand pitches, well over a thousand pitches. We have uh, tens of thousands, roughly approximately 20,000 people apply for the show every year. Um, so we're, we're super excited to continue to go. We just finished up our 14th season. Our finale just aired a couple weeks ago, and it was another incredible season for us. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, we've been doing these panels off and on for years. I remember doing a panel with you guys 10 years ago, early on in the process, and marveling at the success of this show. And here we are 14 years later. When, when you all sort of look back at maybe those early episodes, those early seasons, and compare it to now, what, what strikes you the most, Mark, in, in how that the show changed? <laughs> that it lasted. I remember um, Clay invited me on to come on as a guest shark in season two to do three episodes. And I'm thinking, this show is bouncing around. Like, if Desperate Housewives isn't on on Sunday night, they replaced it. And, you know, Tuesday night, Friday night. I mean, this show is not going to last. So I'm just going to go on there, do my three episodes, and raise as much hell as possible. <laughs> and here we are 14 years later. Yeah. yeah. I have to say this, and very few people know this. The show stayed on the air. Oh, good, obviously, because of the amazing stuff the Cuban, uh, the team has done the producers, because America voted for it. But it was, it was in jeopardy for the first three years because people didn't understand it. We were trying to go on, on TVs, and they said, well, are you in the tank with sharks? Or is the shark <laughs> still get that every now who, and then. Who yeah. makes the money? Who wins? And I got to tell you, I'm probably the only one who can say this because I was here from the beginning. All the so far, all those known business celebrities, they turned down the show. Clay Yoon and Mark Burnett said, we don't want celebrities that are, nothing wrong with this dancing and singing and doing the thing they do, but they have a first, they have a day job. And real people like you will not believe they're operating businesses afterwards. Mark comes on the show being the tech guy and says, this is the top show, watch kids five to 15 and parents and kids together. He went on to the, the talk shows of the world who said, I don't know who a Robert or a Damon or a Barber is at that time. He brought the attention onto the show. And he said, if this is going to help America, I will stay on this show as long as possible if this is helping our children. And he's the one who kept the show, who helped the show along with America. Yeah, you helped the show, you greatly helped the show when everybody else had an ego to say, I don't want to sit up there with those bozos that nobody knows. They were talking about well, Kevin and Barbara. That's because I didn't know how big they bozos you were. Me. They were talking about <laughs> Kevin and Barbara. All right, anyway, that's enough of giving. Now I'm going to hate you after that, but <laughs> no, that's good. That ends the complimentary portion of this panel. Uh, but, but Kendra, you were mentioning early on that as a young entrepreneur, you were watching those early seasons of Shark Tank and being inspired by it. I was. I mean, I started my business out of the extra bedroom of my house here in Austin, Texas, with just $500 and a newborn baby. I was taking my jewelry boutique to boutique in a tea box, and I had so many struggles as a new mom, doing a business out of my home. And I remember watching Shark Tank and just 
seeing these like inspirational entrepreneurs and they were in my shoes and they were going through these things. And then they had these amazing business owners, you know, giving them the time, giving them the platform to share their excitement about entrepreneurship. And it really gave me fuel as a young entrepreneur. Now to have an over billion dollar brand uh, with over 130 stores, this, you know, this show is an inspiration to me and so many entrepreneurs. And there's so many today that are now sitting in this other position where they can become investors and invest, invest in the future of entrepreneurship. So Shark Tank uh, inspired me. And I think it, you know, it continues just to inspire people all over the world. Yeah, you, you know, you started, yeah, shout out. To, <laughs> it, it has changed the conversation about entrepreneurship and, and also it's given people uh, incentive to, to really do things. You, have you found that now that the show has been on for 14 years, uh, a lot of the folks who are applying to be on Shark Tank were kids watching the show, perhaps, or were teenagers watching the show early days. And that, that sort of has led to this entrepreneurial spirit. Well, I think what uh, why the show is so popular is and because it, it's so universal. Everybody has a business idea. Um, so and, you know, you could be a stay at home mom, you could be a kid. I mean, the, kids are the most entrepreneurial, the lemonade stand. I mean, and, and to be able to uh, see these, you know, they have an idea and it's like, oh, I could do that, too. And I think what's incredible about the sharks is that they're self-made. So it's not like it's just rich people handing out money. It's you can see that they they had an idea. What are the trials and tribulations that they went through? And what's their story? And, and how can I do that? So it's like it's the most it's the ultimate um, aspirational show. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's uh, you know good to point out. I mean, this is not a game show. They're you know, they're not just giving money away. This is you have to do. No, the it's work. our money. Yeah, it really is <laughs> our, our money. Yeah. You know, and and we really don't know anything about them when they walk in the door. They just tell us their names, and we listen and we make the decision about what we're going to do. But I think you know, Damon brought it up why I do the show, and I think all of us do is because it sends the message that the American dream is alive and well. You know, the country goes through its ups and downs. What makes this country different than every other country in the universe is that we are a country of entrepreneurs. You know, everybody, like you said, has that dream of starting a business and really having it turn into something. We've all had that idea that's gotten us excited. And with Shark Tank, it shows you that someone can come from Austin, someone can come from Idaho, someone can come from Indiana, wherever, start out of their garage maybe make it onto the carpet and then turn into something like Kendra has, like Justin has, that's beyond our wildest dreams. And we show that every week, all the time. And you just don't get that reinforcement of something good on television like that anymore. And so that, that's really what makes I us mean, I, I can speak to the opportunity that was created from Shark Tank. I mean, we went on in season six in 2014. Season six? Season six. It's coming up on nine years, Mark. Almost to the day. Um, and, you know, we had our idea for a party version of box wine we were doing about 200,000 in sales in our first 14 months you know making it ourselves trying to get going preparing for shark tank we walked out of there with a million dollar investment from mark on the show which was absolutely incredible and flash forward to today we have 135 employees across all 50 states and we're going to do almost 105 million in revenue this year wow uh, Woo! <laughs> I'd say that's pretty good I mean, I think that, Mark, you elaborated on it being the American dream. I mean, let's really consider what we're thinking about here is just that it's the only show that I see that you can all gather around the TV from generation to generation. And, you know, as I travel the country, 90% of this country, it's the greatest country on the planet, and 90% of us have so much more in common than we have apart. It's only 10% of these 
bad people trying to rip us apart. And when you get there and you look at Shark Tank, it's just that rug is just the American dream. It doesn't matter about any of your political, gen no other issues. And that's why I think it's the American dream. It's, it really is truly, uh, you know, a platform for all Americans to come together. Yeah, Damon, I've got six children now, nine to 21. Six? Yes. How do you have time for a business? I, I know, nine to 21. So elementary, middle school, high school, and college. It is the only show that I know of where our entire family can sit in the family room together, eat pizza, watch it, and everyone is engaged, everyone's excited, everyone talks about it together afterwards. I have never seen a show, and I still don't have any other show we can do that with. There's, we have and, a divided household a lot of times can, because- And you can debate over it because your children are yes. saying, mommy and daddy, you don't know about that. And we can say, you don't know about that, right? Right. But Prior to 10, 15 years ago, did you ever hear of royalties and margins and various other You know, things? we still wish we never heard of royalties. <laughs> <laughs> or perpetuity. That's a word that I had to explain to my nine-year-old. Perpetuity, yeah. You know, if I, I could add to that, it's like, I'm often asked, you know, why does the show work? Right? And there's so many reasons, and they're all represented up here. I mean, you've got sharks that, you know, educate us. That Shark Tank's one of those, I call it E2. It's... It, which is rare in television. It's entertaining and educational. We learn from it. We learn from these guys every day. They surprise us. We've been doing this show for 14 years. We sit in the truck and watch, and even after 14 years, you would have think, thought we'd seen all their tricks, but we haven't. They continue to educate us and surprise us every time. And Justin is a representative of, and this is why, this is why the show can continue for another 14 seasons. It's because people like Justin, Right. The entrepreneurs that have the courage to pursue that dream there. It's you know, it's it's in our constitution pursuit of happiness. And I think we also That's what people are doing. Yeah, people are coming on that rug. The great equalizer, as Damon said. Right. Doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, your backstory, whatever. I've got my shot. This is it. It's my chance to pitch the sharks and change my life. And that's why this show and, and it's 14 seasons. And we we just finished season 14. We have people that are coming in that we've never seen before because people are always, like you said, always having ideas. I've got an innovative idea. I've got a new idea. I have an idea that's a better version of something that already exists. And that's why this show will be able to continue because of people like Justin who have the courage to walk away from a six-figure job that they hate going to every day because they want to pursue something where they can be, have the freedom to be their own boss. To drink all day. We really did it for music festivals. That's, and that's why Shark Tank, this is why Shark Tank works so beverages, so no, get he's it carrying, your local He carries wine around in his backpack. Well, I mean, I'm out, like, well, he brought one out, you gave me that's one. That's the it American dream. It's a walking it's party, beatbox beverages. It's kind of a requirement when you have an alcohol company, you always have to show up with something, right? It's, it's kind of the deal. I like you. Yeah. All right, I'm waiting for my free sample, but we'll talk after. Uh, well, a couple of things, uh, Clay, I want to add. A, your ratings will continue to be huge as long as Kendra's entire family is watching. Because <laughs> that's incredible. But also, you, you bring up a good point about season 14 and just the, the sheer number of people who are applying. And, and what are you finding now, going back sort of the question of what do you find now in season 14 that maybe has changed versus those early days of the show? Well, you know, I, I'd be interested. Let's let Yoon answer as well. But I would say it's this, it's we're looking for the same thing that we it's the same as it ever was as the song says right we're looking for people we're looking for an innovative idea 
We're looking for a better version of something, right? And on the entrepreneur side, we're looking for somebody who has the courage to do this, that has the drive and the passion, that really believes in this idea and is to the point where they're willing to come in there. You gotta remember, they're not just pitching the five sharks on the panel, they're pitching America. They're, you know, that takes a lot of guts. And these people aren't performers, right? They're not actors. Oh, you can tell sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You can tell a lot of times, yeah. They're, it's, you know, it's a real business, and this is my real idea, and I've, ra I've risked so much to do it. Yeah, I mean, that's And a here I am, pouring my guts out, my heart out. This is it. I believe. And can, do you believe in me? I think it's a common misconception that, you know, I hear it all the time from people that think, oh, it was scripted or this was some sort of like, did they make you say that and all that? I'm like, no, they only know your name. You walk in, you know, you're nervous as hell and there's no cuts. There's no edits. There's no double takes. It is what it's, happens. It's actually less reality than it really it, is because an hour, how long was your pitch? Well, I think, I mean, gosh, we kind of blacked out in there, but I think about an hour. It's an hour being grilled by five no, four morons and one genius. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's really difficult. <laughs> and people, he's the genius. People often ask us, you know, how do you keep the show fresh after 14 years? And I think what's so important for all of us is that the show stays authentic. And so we're not, season after season, we're not looking for like, oh, this year we're going to do this. It's, it's the show is such an accurate reflection of what's going on in business. So the kind of companies that were coming in and the conversations that we were having in the early seasons is totally different than the conversations we're having now just because time has changed. Technology and has te changed. And, and technology has, like, democratized so much. Like, content creation is, you know, like, anybody can do it. And that's really affected business in that, you know, the essence of business is really solving a problem. All So many of the products and businesses that resonate so much are, I have this problem and I have this solution. And, you know, you see all of these entrepreneurs coming in and they are, okay, I have, I have this problem. I can't keep my bag on my suitcase. And so I'm going to create a, you know, an Instagram video showing this problem. And then I'm going to sell this product. And that's something that's so new. That is such a reflection of what's going on now. I mean, you know, TV and media has always been like gatekeepers of what's out there. Now, some of the gatekeeping has gone away because you can be your own influencer. You know, you have all of these platforms where you make your own content. You can have millions of followers. You can, you, there's so many famous people. It's like crazy now. And then you can sell product. So I, I just think that season after season, it's just so interesting how everything changes so much. And I think so it's so accurate, you and I think because if you really think about think about a show that you can watch and you can see somebody that was just like you, they either working a job, they're not, right? But think about season one, right? We're going through the great uh, recession and then you're seeing how people are dealing with it. And all of a sudden you keep starting to see the season. Then you see Instagram is taking off and conversion there. And then, you know, everybody's spending money like Mark, like drunken sailors and everybody's happy. And then after drinking all, beatbox, all of a sudden, all of a sudden it goes down and what's the TikTok and how, and you literally can go right there and say, that's what I should do right now with my business. You can take away the lessons that day and apply it to your business. I mean, as an entrepreneur myself watching it, I mean, I was going into boardrooms, pitching my idea to raise capital. And this was a tech city when I started my company. So we just talked about how CPG is so big in Austin now, but it wasn't when I started. And doors were just being slammed in my face every day. Like they just didn't get it. And I would watch Shark Tank and I would see the vulnerability of these entrepreneurs going through the same thing, but in on television with millions of people watching and going, oh my God, I can relate. This is what I'm doing. I'm walking into this room. They're getting drilled for an hour by some of the smartest people 
all smart. I'm going to give you all smart. And I want them to still like me, okay? I'm not getting that. Um, but it, and it was amazing as an entrepreneur to watch this. And I learned about the pitch. I learned about what questions I might be asked that I needed to be prepared for. I wanted to like really get that down so that when I walked into another room, another boardroom, I was ready and I was prepared. And it was learning. This is an educational show. Uh, beyond just being something that's inspiring, it educates people every day. It educates my young, my young children every day. So I think that's such a wonderful thing. And I, again, don't know any other show out there that has that quality like Shark Tank. Yeah, I can joke around as much as I want, but honestly, I learned the most from Shark Tank because, you know, you, you may see me and, and, and Clay and you, and I got to tell you, they look at thousands of people prior. They go over the pitches many, many times. We can't know anything about it. They do a job all year round that we get the joy of sitting in a chair and, 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 and analyzing these companies. But, you know, you see me on there and I'm always like, and what I'm doing, I'm listening to it. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get in. I'm going to get in. And then Cuban will say something so brilliant. And I'll go, oh, yeah. <laughs> and for that reason, I'm out. But I'm learning from them. I'm learning from the entrepreneurs doing business. If I didn't know Bomba Socks, I'd be still waiting for somebody at Macy's to maybe come to my office, maybe buy a shirt, maybe put it on a shelf somewhere. Maybe the kid in there takes it out, puts it on the rack. Maybe a mom buys it. And I wouldn't be giving away to those in need in the homeless community at the same time. So who do you think is learning more? No, and David brings more. up a great point with Bombas as an example. You know, things evolve on Shark Tank. And the way we approach deals and investments change as well, depends on the economy and things that are going on. When Bombas came on and said, buy one, give one away, because the first thing that homeless people ask for and that they need the most is socks, Damon set a trend for all of us then to turn around and say, okay, what's your social construct? What's your social consciousness for your business? Because we're not going to invest unless there's more than just a business here. What are you doing in your community? Who are you helping? Because it can't just be about how many socks do I sell? How many shirts do I sell? What else are you doing? So Damon became part of a trend that we all learned from, that America learned from, and that truly has an impact. Like this shirt I'm wearing, um, Be a Better Human, that came from um, one of our companies and the, the CEO, Griff. Um, they build schools for girls in Afghanistan. And that's why I invested. And then he came out with this shirt and it was like, okay, you're sending the message. That's who you are. And that's what you're trying, the message you're trying to send. And by the way, it's great business, yeah. right? And Combat flip, so the name of the company is Combat Flip Flops. Mm -hmm. And they now, instead, they came on to sell flip flops that they made in Afghanistan. Now they sell more shirts and build more schools yeah. and help more kids around the world. And it's just started because Damon and Bamba set an well, example. Well, I tried it and I did the Bamba thing, but you know what? Your biggest investment and my biggest investment when I brought that home, you know what my kid said to me? That's right, Daddy. Because, Daddy, you can give it the end of the year, but you know what? I gave 20 times. How do you give 20 times? You work in a pizza bar. Every time I bought this, I helped clean up the ocean. Every time I bought this, I stopped human trafficking. And our, our biggest investment, our children, are now saying that to us, right? And we're seeing where, if, if it's impressing my children and your children, then it's something we need to do. And that only comes from Shark Tank, the education I got there. Because the last thing I wanted to do was go on a show and get more clothing companies. I had eight, 10 clothing companies. Eight were dead. I didn't want socks. 
Because when I had a million units of socks already in my warehouse of FUBU socks, so if I want to sell more, I had to sneak into your house and steal one out of your laundry. <laughs> Last thing I wanted was socks. So that's who's that's doing where the missing it. sock came from, huh? <laughs> Damon's been coming out and stealing them. I knew there was a sock thief somewhere. I knew it. I'm busy. Well, Kendra, this brings up a good point in, in sort of coming in and, and you know, joining the, the Sharks and, and guesting and coming in as an uh, investor as well. What was that process like for you and what made you decide to take that step? Well, first of all, like I mentioned, the show was so inspiring to me. And so to have the opportunity to be on the other side of it and be able to invest in other entrepreneurs now that I'm capable to do that was something I was so excited about doing. I was a absolute nervous wreck the first time I met the Sharks. And we were in COVID. It was season 12, actually. And I remember we were all in masks and I had to go down and I mean, just shaking from the inside. Everybody was so nice. Mark Cuban's like, oh, Dallas, Texas. No, I was not. Damon, you were. You were so nice. I said that. I was ready to Golly. No, you were so nice. Damon was nice. I think he complimented me on my shoes. But then I got to Kevin O'Leary, okay? And I was like, hi, Kevin. They're like, introduce me. He goes, I'm going to spit you, or I'm going to chew you up and spit you out in a million pieces. That's what he said. Do you remember this, Clay? And I smiled under my mask. And I was like, ooh, that sounds like fun. I can't wait. And immediately that broke the ice. And he's like, all right, we're going to have fun. And it was so much fun. And it was such an amazing experience. And the friendship, the camaraderie, and, and just how much we all care so much for the entrepreneurs on the show is so real and we feel for them. We want them to be successful. We want their pitch to go well. I mean, truly we're all rooting for them. Even though we're sharks, right? We all really care so much that that they're gonna have a great experience. And think about the exposure that these brands get, even if they don't get an investment. I, you know, I can see so many companies that have come off the show and had great success because of that exposure. So it really is something so special. And I was so honored and privileged to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and Justin, again, is uh, you know, proof of that. Uh, you know, take us back to when you first sort of put together your pitch and, and maybe advice you have for folks who are preparing their, their big moment. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to over-prepare, right? And, and, you know, it's a whole process. It's not like you're like, oh, we go on the show the next day. I mean, we, we found out we made it to the second round, and then it was like four months of meeting with the producers, like updating on the business, and then they fly you to la and you're there and you're you're you know they film the whole season in two weeks right so you have 60 companies there and you can't say a word about anything except for like it's a nice day outside and um and so you're you're, you're nervous and um but but we were super over prepared and then on monday we went and, and and filmed for the uh the episode and you know we knew we watched every episode right you have we watch every episode multiple times and you're you're running your business you're you're trying to get things going and you're watching every episode preparing for what we called like the Super Bowl of entrepreneurship. And and we, we you know, we knew that that Mark in college used to rip off fancy bottles, uh, labels from fancy bottles of champagne and put them on cheap ones. No, so, I did not. I just bought <laughs> I just bought the cheap ones. You know, he bought the cheap ones, but he put expensive labels on them. So they looked allegedly. Expensive. But we knew we knew all we, we knew so many things about the sharks, you know, that that they were very impressed with when we were in there and and we watched ourselves, you know, we filmed ourselves answering questions before we went on and watched the way, not just the way we answered them, but our body language, like 
down to the to everything so that when we were in there, we were just on the offensive because it's chaotic, right? Well, like, let's just explain what the offensive was. They were like, okay, these things are strong, right? <laughs> when you drink them, they're 11% alcohol and we didn't know any better, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm just sipping and sipping. I'm like, oh my was God. This the last a million dollars, that sounds like a good deal. Let's was this it. the last pitch of the day or the first pitch? Uh, <laughs> it was right around, I think it was around noon and they put you I in this trailer and we're there yeah, for like three hours waiting, waiting, waiting. So nervous. And then the producer's coming like, all right, we got to go. We got to go. Let's go. And it's crazy. Um, it was awesome, though. So the advice is to get the sharks drunk. <laughs> always Give works. them alcohol. And, but that it wouldn't be the first works. time. <laughs> yeah. no, I would say absolutely overprepare. Just, just and that, prepare, that, prepare, prepare. A lot prepare. of people don't do that. And that is an excellent point. The sharks, uh, I would say over the years, we've learned that they do like occasionally to have a drink. <laughs> And I would also say that if you have a food product, they love to eat. Except like true dairy, sharks, feed them the or more. give them a drink. And if you're feeding them something really amazing, they're going to be happy. Well, one season we had these things called wired waffles. And these had some kind of energy in them. Yeah, the and we kept caffeinated waffles. And, huh? Caffeinated waffles. And we were eating them and then we were like... So tell me your numbers. I'll come. You know, I mean, it was. <laughs> that, that's the craziest thing. Things you would never do in your normal life that you would just consider insane. We do it just like because why not? What was the the squirrel zapper? Squirrel, squirrel zapper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a zapper for squirrels who were trying to get your bird food or whatever. And then the guy was hitting the button, and we were all just going to be zapped. And we zapping ourselves, and like. By the way, you know, we get you know tens of thousands, you know, like 20,000 submissions every year. And a lot of it is food. And we have to try it all during casting. <laughs> it's, tor it's horrible. It's, yeah. it's such a horrible I thing. I mean, it, it sounds good, but sometimes, it, you know, I actually got, yeah. I got a nosebleed once from <laughs> drinking something. And, yeah. said, it wasn't beatboxing. So that person doesn't move forward. And, right? and, and, yeah. And you do not want to use that company that did not move forward. <laughs> and for some reason or another, Cuban has a dairy or lactose problem. And... And, and I'll, I'll, see, I'll see him scarfing down something. I'm like, wait a minute, that, that, wait a minute, that has lactose in it. Wait a minute. And then all of a sudden, the person's wondering why I'm looking at him going. <laughs> no, no, but I do burp. This business. No, no that is not true. Something not about this true. business doesn't, but doesn't smell right. No, no, but the best is you give me anything carbonated, Barbara goes nuts if you burp, right? Just goes nuts. So I'll drink something carbonated. You know, just the whole time, and she just freaks out. But I do not. No, Damon's lying. Is that, wait, Damon, is that why you're on the other side of the? the <laughs> That's why we're going to separate those two. Well, let's let's talk a little bit more about season 14 and and some of the entrepreneurs that you did select. Uh, what was your sort of your impression of the crop this year, and what stood out, and and what were you excited to uh, bring to the show? Um. Well, as we, uh, as I said uh, about the food pitches, how we get to taste everything, and um, there's a company that came in. Well, first of all, I'll start with, you know, the dream entrepreneur for us has three things. One is it's a product that has some kind of unique angle. So if you just have just a regular pancake company, it's likely that you're not going to get on. It has to have something else. 
Um, uh, second is that the entrepreneur is charismatic. It's just somebody that has some kind of you know, energy. And third, you know, at the end of the day, television is about storytelling, and we look at every business as a story, whether the story of their entrepreneurial journey or the story of the business. And so uh, we had a company called Long Table Pancakes, and they came in, and it was a pancake, but it uh, was made with popcorn, so it was lighter and fluffier, and it was whole grain, it was healthy, and we tasted it, and it was incredible. So it was like, that's the first hurdle. Um, and then the entrepreneur had an incredible story, and it was relate. It was timely as well because um, he had a theater company, a small theater company that was completely shut down because of the pandemic. And so he found found himself, you know, like not being able to support his family, like, and and he had a little side hustle selling this, these uh, pancake mixes at farmers markets. And I think the whole time that he was in business, it was like you know years and years. I think he made thirty thousand dollars in total in like over five years at farmers markets. And then. He found himself in this um, tough situation, and then he had a friend who said, you should go on Shark Tank. That friend happened to be David Schwimmer. Um, and it was, you know, this is not something that we set up. This is all natural they, um, and organic, and they were friends from the theater company. And so he came and pitched. Um, David Schwimmer said, you know, I'll help you hand out the pancakes, you know? <laughs> and so and it was a surprise to everyone, you know, and he comes and the out. The dude was weird. He was a weird he, dude. He, 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 was, was, he was an incredible person. His wife did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it had it all. Like, his wife was an acrobatic. He came down and did acrobatics. They did the centipede thing leaving, but. <laughs> Um, and well, and then they did the human centipede rolling out. I mean, it was it had it all. It was crazy. That freaked Mark out, I think. <laughs> no, it was great pitch. I mean, but he did a great, great job. Great product. Yes, and great at the product. end of the that day, nobody <laughs> invested. And we're all we're always surprised. We're like, oh, the sharks are going to hate this. They're going to love this. And we never know. We have no idea what these guys are going to do. And that company walked out without a deal, but still, he his business has been transformed because of the opportunity. His, his, yeah. So to add to that. David Schwimmer, his friend, his, and he says, I'm here to have somebody that's going to support me. So David Schwimmer kept Samuel was the entrepreneur's name. And Samuel is a great guy, by the way, and a, and a great person. I, I read all the applications. We read all the applications of these people. And his was the most honest I'd ever seen. He, he just had a baby, he and his wife. He had no job. And this was like it. I have to make this work. And David Schwimmer was one of the people that he had early on served his pancakes to and said, these are amazing. And he kept telling him, you got to pitch this on Shark Tank. And Samuel was like, no, no, I can't do it. And finally, David said, listen, if you apply for Shark Tank, I promise you, if you get on, I'll come in and give a testimonial for you. And that's what convinced Samuel to do it. So we tried the pancakes, best I've ever had. They're popcorn. The, instead of whole grain, or they're made out of popcorn, the, the grain, and they're light and fluffy and delicious and amazing. So he comes on the show. He does his, his pitch, introduces, he introduces um, David. David comes in pushing a waffle cart. Do, 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 do. And Gwyneth Paltrow, our guest shark for that year, is on there. And, she, and David did a film together. And she's like, oh, my gosh, David Schwimmer. Like, you know, they said they don't know anything that's coming in. It's all authentic. This is, we, none of this was set up. None of this was made. It's authentic because authentic makes the best television for people like us. So she's like, oh, my gosh. They have this moment. They hug. And he's like, and she's, he's like yeah, yeah. And she's like, I haven't seen you in so long. He says, yes, your life, obviously. You've got goop. It's a, you know. $600 million company, and I uh, push a waffle cart now. <laughs> so, you know, and his, he was endearing and amazing, and he, he stood there next to Samuel and said, listen, 
I want you to try these waffles. They're amazing. He's my friend. I don't have any skin in the game. I don't have, it's no value for me to be here other than I want to say that he's an incredible person and these pancakes are incredible and good luck. And he walks out. Samuel, all the sharks tra- taste it and they all collectively say, best pancake I've ever had. So then I see Samuel after the pitch, and he's like, oh, he really needed a deal. He really wanted the deal. And we spoke a few months later after he had found out he was going to air, and he was, he was nervous, as you would expect. And he had plans to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put all this money in and get all this uh, uh, so I have enough merchandise to sell, so I have enough. And I was like, you need to be careful. It's a commodity. It's a higher price point than a regular pancake. It's worth it. But what you've got going for you is you've got David Schwimmer coming in saying, these are the best pancakes I've ever eaten. I feed, I make the waffles for my daughter every Saturday morning. That's how much I love them. And she loves them. And he came on and basically gave a testimonial for you. And every one of the sharks said, it's the best pancake I've ever had. But don't, you know, overextend yourself. That would be, you know, it's, you just do what you want, but this is my advice. You know, I would hate to see you buy a lot of, of, uh, inventory and then not sell it all. And he's like, okay, thank you for the advice. Uh, you know, I got a plan. So the night that his show airs, right? America's big country. We've got four time zones. He's on the East coast. He sold out of all of his product, $250,000 worth before his pitch finished airing on the East Coast. Wow. He now has over a million dollars in those delicious pancakes. We'll be doing an update next season. Wow, did he, did, uh, I, I didn't, I, I don't watch the show when I'm not on it because I get anxiety and I want to call and be part of the deals. Did he get a deal? He did not get a deal. He didn't and even get an pick. offer. Wait, he Damon, maybe offer. we could, we could right? call yeah, him but, or something. Wait, I mean, look at the reality of that show. Everybody loved it. He didn't get a deal. But Kevin bought potatoes that you mail, and he he bought a company that you draw a cat. You see how you made a lot of money off those you cats. Know, you, you, you understand how crazy this is? Well, uh, one other question. Hold up, or we're missing the the larger picture, which is David Schwimmer has friends' money. Why did he not invest well, in that, this company? That was the question I asked. I like that. Because you, you don't loan friends' money. You don't loan friends' money. Remember, he's now pushing a waffle cart. Yeah. Uh, well, this season you had a, a number of guest uh, sharks. You, you mentioned Gwyneth Paltrow. You also did a live episode. Um, what sort of uh, you smile? What was that experience like? <laughs> Crazy. Uh, I, I'm going to just have a real quick, brief comment, and then I'm going to turn it over to these guys because it was challenging, and I'm, and it, you know, but it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun, and you know we worked very hard. And when I say we, it's our crew, our staff, everybody put a lot of time and effort to prepare for that because we'd never done anything like it. We didn't know if it would work, but um, I think everybody rose to the occasion. I was really proud of, of, of what we accomplished with it. It was fun. It was, the energy in the room was insane. You know, everybody, we were excited, but it wasn't real Shark Tank because we couldn't always ask questions because you were set to a schedule. It was live, right? And so that changed it a little bit. Um, but the energy that it was, was great, in the room yeah. was insane. I got to be in the audience because I was like backup in case one of the sharks stepped on a banana peel. And which, <laughs> not that I would have planted a banana peel. throw bananas out there the whole I would I wouldn't do that. Uh, but I was in the audience, which was really cool perspective. 
is I got to sit in there and feel the energy of the audience. Then of course, like, you know, knowing these guys and knowing the whole thing. And it was just, it was, it was really, it was really fun. And it was very different than, you know, a typical thing is like, you know, I obviously know what that's like, but it was really unique. And I think the audience members just had a ball. I mean, they were having the time of their lives. Um, but it, yeah, it was, it was definitely dynamic. It was a great kickoff to season 14 because it felt like a party. It was a celebration and it was a lot of fun, but it wasn't Shark Tank because, you know, each pit, uh, business that comes in, they're in for 45 minutes to an hour. And then we cut it down to, you know, 10 minutes, you know, to 12 minutes. And so the, these guys, these are real investments. These are, this is their real money. And so they didn't have the time yeah, to, we had really to rush through everything. Drill down. Was, yeah. It was just like just chaotic, you know, it was fun, but it wasn't, it wasn't the uh, heart and the core of what the show really I mean, is. Think, think about that. How many cameras do you have shooting? 16? No, 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 no. Only 14. Oh. 14. So, so think about, think about what they, what they deal with. 14 hours of footage for you to see eight minutes. Think about what they have to go through. That's how a show was made. Again, we get the joy of sitting there and doing what we do. It's a real, real city that does this and brings out these entrepreneurs with the with real accuracy because this is people's livelihood and businesses at risk. They have a big responsibility. The show wouldn't last those years if you went on and you made fun of people or you you went out of your way to hurt them because you wanted ratings. These are real people that care. Well, and, and the, the timing, obviously, to sort of celebrate coming out of the pandemic, too, and obviously what, uh, how that impacted small businesses. And, and, you know, this is something that, you know, Shartake is here to sort of highlight. Uh, Damon, you mentioned sort of the ups and downs of the world. And clearly, uh, you know, the impact of the pandemic was felt particularly by business. So Shartake is in a really unique place to highlight that. Shartake sort of wouldn't even be on if the producers didn't think entrepreneurially by seeing all of what we're doing. Because what happened was Mark had already known that a bubble was being created in Vegas. He talked to the producers and the producers themselves and Sony all worked it out. Well, we were one of the first shows to or I don't we were probably the first show to shoot. Right. Uh, shoot during the pandemic because they, they we traded off and had the Venetian. I'm roller I'm roller skating around in the Venetian in my underwear because nobody else is in yeah. there. Right. Was, uh, in a pandemic. Right. They, they said it, that they wanted you had to be like in your room for like yeah. a long and time so before we you the, get tested. We the, and there were shows. butlers. No, wait. Butlers outside. Yeah, they we weren't leave butlers. The it was like you couldn't leave. We, it we was were security. They were, it, yeah, exactly. But it was because of them behind the cameras thinking entrepreneurially to bring this message out to America that we're going to make it through this. It was awesome. It was, it was you guys in the NBA, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was it's, Mark's it's the reason that we were able to pull it off. Go ahead, tell him, Mark. What did I do? I called you <laughs> up and I was talking to you. And I was like, because we normally tape in June and we were going to have to push. This was 2020, yep. right? So the pandemic had hit. And was I called Mark and said, okay, I called, you know, updating everybody, here's what we're doing, here's, and Mark's like, oh, and I mentioned, we maybe we're even considering maybe shooting outside of Culver City, uh, that's the Sony studios where we tape, and maybe we'll go, you know, out of California, and he said, oh, Vegas. Yep. you should go to Vegas. I know somebody owns a hotel, and it's empty, and let's work with them. <laughs> And it's similar to what the NBA had done with Orlando and Disney. So we talked to Disney first, couldn't make that work, and ended up at the Venetian. And literally, we were the only people in there. We were the only people in there. So think about how much we 
can you get your... I can't barely get my own company to work like this. You know, you have Kendra back up for a live show. You got Mark handing over the NBA. You have everybody working collectively to do this. Like, it just is something that is so amazing to be part of, you know? It, it was it was, it was was incredible that we were able to do that. And again, thank you to Mark for putting yeah, us, pointing you. us in the right direction. And, you know, the pandemic had such a huge impact on all businesses everywhere. You know, we heard about Samuel, whose theater business shut down and was out of work. And what we're seeing um, now, you see it in season 14, is we have companies that come on that were created because of the pandemic. And not, and I'm not talking about like masks or, you know, we have, you know, cleansing products or stuff like that. But just an idea that somebody came up with because they were locked down and they were thinking of things and they wanted to come up with something and they wanted to be proactive and they wanted to be successful and and try and help people out of this situation and we see those all the time you'll see you know we're now casting for our 15th season and you'll be seeing those type of companies on season 15 as well but we had them in season 14 and again as we've said the pitches that come on and the people and the ideas they mirror what's happening in our society Right, and that's again why the show I believe can go on for another fourteen seasons or more. I want—I got one thing last thing because I really don't want to uh, overtake this. But Clay, remember that season, the pandemic season. How? Remember when we almost—it was hard to say no because the contestants couldn't fly on a plane. They had to drive themselves in from anywhere in the country and stay in a room for two—I don't know—two weeks. Two weeks by themselves, not speaking to anybody. They get in the elevator, they come down, ding, and the sharks are right there. <laughs> that no, person, will, so much that person yeah. will never fail in business, right. ever. It was, it was incredible. Ama- it was amazing. Think about that person. You want to drive from New York to Las Vegas with your family, stay in a room for two weeks and bring your family a shot. Not your family. Couldn't bring your family. No, you couldn't your family. bring anybody. Not even your home. Okay, maybe that's a plus. But... <laughs> To not even promise that you're going to get a shot, and then you got to drive back. Think about driving back with going, did Kevin O'Leary say I'm dead to him? <laughs> Shoot it behind the barn? Yeah. Did he say that? Well, he wasn't saying that anymore no. at that point. No. What, did Kevin O'Leary say, uh, no. you know, this is, you're the cockroach of whatever you are? <laughs> the pandemic cockroach. <laughs> pandemic cockroach. <laughs> Uh, well, so so moving forward now, as you're seeing sort of the, the, the everyone sort of coming out of the pandemic, what were some of, uh, you know, the, what impressed you or what sort of surprised you the most about the entrepreneurs in season 14 uh, for the Sharks? I mean, my, you know, for me being on the show for this season, I had so much fun. I, and I really got to see, again, how entrepreneurship grew over the last few years and how so many of these folks that were home may have had even just as a side hustle. And they were able to spend more time on it. And, you know, one of the things I invested in was create a castle. And it's Lori and Kevin, these amazing couple. Uh, he grew up with his parents who made cake molds. Uh, she was in bake- a baker. And he saw these cake molds and he thought he was out with his kids and they were building snow s- sandcastles together and they were doing things as a family more. And he created this product, right? Uh, within that, that's this new innovation of how to build a sandcastle. And, you know, and this, and they're here together as a husband and wife, 
wanting to build a business together, wanting to be able to continue to spend more time together, do something that they both love and enjoy, and bring people joy in the process. Uh, and for me, that was like amazing. And that was one of the things that I invested in this season. I just loved it. And they're doing incredible things, continuing to grow. Um, but I think that's what's exciting to see is that it didn't just not only did it, you know, entrepreneurship was still there, it actually exploded post-pandemic. Um, so I think, you know, the 20,000 people that have applied, I bet we see that even, you know, increasing even more because there is such a huge entrepreneurship spirit out there in the world right now. And how about you two? What, what impressed you about the entrepreneurs this season uh, and anything that sort of stood out among the folks you it, saw? It's always the same thing. An entrepreneur, a real entrepreneur is not getting up there because they want to make money. They want to solve a problem that they felt that somebody else was going to solve and they decided to do it themselves. And what impresses me often is the vulnerability of entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is not about being tough. It's about getting out saying, I know this. If you know any way that you can help me, we can work together and I can add value to you, let's do it. I lost on that deal. Um, but but I want you you know sorry, but then sorry. one of my companies we're the plastic we're the ones who did the plastic and the molds for her for that because at the end of the day it's about entrepreneurship my favorite one is a young kid who realized that uh, he was he's going to UCLA the highest you know really really doing amazing and he created something called slimy honey which is a little with a it looks like cakes but it's it's a, a slime but 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 for people with anxiety. I mean, the kid has seven hundred thousand dollars in the bank. He's still in school, N not coming from. He was like seventeen years old. Yeah, right? not seventeen years old, running that business, and he's caring more about the anxiety that people are going through. Um, and 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 that's the American dream. It it is a person who's coming up saying, "I don't care about me." Do enough homeless people have, uh, you know, socks? Do, do people suffering from stress? Do families want to build castles and be together and have a fun way of relating to their children, right? That is, this, that is infectious. That some, a true entrepreneur in there that's going to be successful like everybody in this room, they tell you about the train that's going to leave the station. They want you on the train, but if you're not going to be on the train, no problem. This station, this train is leaving the station regardless. I'll allow you to be part of my dream if you're going to add value. And that's the most amazing thing, the most amazing feeling ever to be part of someone else's dream. I think what impressed me the most was the diversity of the entrepreneurs, that they didn't all look a certain way. They came from different backgrounds, different, different ethnicities, different colors. You know, all of them had their own origin story. And some of the most exciting businesses we saw started in places you never would expect a business to start. And I think that's what continues to impress me, um, that we're reaching into communities where you don't particularly expect a lot of entrepreneurship, but the producers, you know, Clay and Unit work really, really hard to make sure that everybody's represented because the best deals aren't the ones that are easy to find. The best deals are the ones that are hard to find and come from places that most investors don't look. And, and that's really was the most exciting part for me. Yeah, I think the, the sheer just also variety of not only people pitching, but also just uh, concepts and, and mm -hmm. what the entrepreneurs are pitching. I mean, some things are the classic, like, why didn't I think of that? That's genius. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the crazy things that you, they, they come in, you're like, what the F is this? <laughs> but then by the end, sometimes you guys are bidding. You just never know. You know, I want to draw a cat for you. You just, you know, it can be the craziest thing, you know, and, and I'll look for things like that. What on the outside might look as crazy might reflect a really special skill 
that you can take and turn into something more. Like the I want to draw a cat for you guy. Who cares about drawing cats? I mean, even though getting paid 30 bucks, I mean, I got paid like $1,000 a cat drawing. It was insane. Um, but he was really good at social and um, SEO. And back when he came on, that was something unique and different. And so sometimes you find the skill set behind the business and you say, okay, that's somebody that I can partner with and not only help their business grow, but also take them into new areas. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, was there, uh, is there a particular uh, uh, pitch that still stands out to either three of you? I mean, Kendra, you mentioned one, but um, from season 14 that maybe folks should go back and rewatch online? Yeah, we did, Peter Jones and I did one, Collars & Co. And uh, entrepreneur's name was Justin. And the, the guy was good. He was really, really good. And he came in, you know, now because the show's been on so long, the entrepreneurs sometimes try to game the system. Oh, know? that guy. Yeah. So they'll, <laughs> they'll come in, I want a million dollars for 0.00073%. Yeah. And you're like, come on, man. And my valuation is $150 million. You're I like, know, what? with like $16 sold, in yeah. sales. Um, <laughs> but um, Justin came on with Collars & Co., and he had, what it is, is it's kind of a dress shirt, a, a golf shirt, a polo shirt, but the collars never fray and never get loose, right? So any of us who have worn polos, you know that over some point in time, the collar starts going this way and gets all out of whack. Well, they harden the collar so that you can wear it all the time and it always looks fresh and clean. You can wear it under a sports coat. You can wear it under a sweater and it's short sleeve. And it, I was, I put it on, I was like, ooh. This is great. And I could really see myself wearing this, but his valuation was insane. So Peter and I double teamed him. And fortunately, Peter was on the show because his pitch was, I can help take you global. My pitch was, I can increase your margins and help sell a lot more because I'll wear them and talk about them. And now the business globally is just insane. I mean, he'll, I don't even know the total amount of money he'll do in sales this year because it keeps on going up. It'll be 20 million plus, but he's insanely profitable too. And so all these things, sometimes the deal's great, the entrepreneur's great, but you don't quite come to a meeting in the minds, but then they start to realize we're up there for a reason because Damon's background is special. Kendra's background is special. Peter's background is special. My background has unique elements and the combination of the two create something really in, in, insanely good. And we're, and I'm sure there's going to be an update. Um, but there, what he's been able to do between Peter and I has just been off the charts. Yeah, that's the best part, right, Justin, the, that there is updates. Uh, yeah, and we had you one in season 14. Yeah, I was about to say. So, and, and uh, you know, to, to be able to showcase how far you've come. Yeah, I mean, we had our update uh, in season 14, and, and it was just crazy to watch it. It's like within two minutes, you capture nearly 10 years of just the ups and the downs, right? It's like you go on the show, and you, you get this amazing deal with Mark, and, and people think, you know, you've, you've made it. That's it, right? I remember doing tastings six months after the show in a, in, a, in a grocery store on Easter weekend where I drove down and was doing tastings, and people were like, why are you doing this? With this look that I should be on an island drinking a pina colada after getting an investment, you know, six months ago. And that's when the business started. That's when you. That's when the real work that's when starts. That's showtime. That's showtime. Yeah, and so and no one wants to be the company as Brad, my co-founder, says. No one wants to be the company that got a million dollars from Mark on charting and didn't make it. So Trust we me, I don't a, want that either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, you know, it, and Mark's had a front row seat to the number of times where we thought it's over. You know, we, yeah. we're not going to make it. Like it's. It and that's where been. that's where um, Brad and Justin deserve a ton of credit and because Amy too. 
and Amy too, because um, no business, no startup goes in a straight line from start to in, immense success. There are always ups and downs, and they had their share of downs. And I'm not gonna lie, there were times when I thought they were dead. Oh yeah. And yeah, and then they were just gonna use their product to drink it. Um, <laughs> and oh, by the way, beatbox beverage, it's really, really, really good. good. You can find it at any local store near you across all 50 states. Always reselling. Um, but they did. They fought that from the dead multiple times. Figured it out, yeah. And 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 then to see it all within two minutes on the update, and, and to hear you know the emails we get, and it's still it's a built-in platform a built-on commercial for us you know and it's it's amazing and we we just we just shared it yesterday at our kickoff meeting with our our new wholesaler in austin like we're still using shark tank so much it validated us as entrepreneurs it validated the business um and it's just been absolutely like i can't thank shark tank enough it's changed my life brad's life amy's life and, and 130 employees that are having the time of their lives bringing fun and togetherness and inclusion through alcohol um, and, and, and <laughs> but, but the brand, the brand is so much bigger than that, right? It's, that, it's, that works at UT. That's for sure. Yeah, bringing people together and having great times and Shark Tank is, has I mean, been while like, we talk about that, I mean, one of my, one of my entrepreneurs who just happens to work with me is right here. We, you know, a lot of times we, as investors, we, it, it, we don't have the right to judge you. We write it. We have the right to judge if it works for us, because a lot of things that I would fail on, I mean, Lori, shout out to my other sharks. Kevin O'Leary is honestly a nice guy. Lori has some of the top selling products in Shark Tank history a lot of them because she is the flea market of Shark Tank. <laughs> if it's plastic and, 50, and under $50, she's going to sell it. <laughs> Scrub Daddy, Squatty Potty, the little thing in the... I don't know, I own all of them. I bought them all. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the thing that slips on the side of the thing. But, you know, I was brought together with someone who's come now one of my closest friends. His name is Maury Chawaki. He was on the show. He works for me now. But he came on some, with something called uh, the Hanukkah Tree Topper. It's for... Uh, a family who has mixed religion, you know, obviously two faiths in there, right? And I realized that I have a, a Jewish stepfather came in my life when I was 16, and I didn't realize why I, I loved it. Uh, Maury's right here. Stand up and say hello, everybody, Maury. Come yeah, on. Maury, yeah. Right. But it was all, it's, it's always about bringing people together, what happens on the show. And it, we've just become really a family. And, and I think that's the critical aspect of, of why we do these things. Well, congratulations on season 14, everyone. Uh, it's, uh, you know, a show that still so resonates. And again, you know, I watch it with my kids. It, it, is, it is something that one of the few shows that is multi-generational and really inspiring. And uh, congrats again to all of you. Season 14, go back and rewatch it if you haven't yet. Yep. Uh, but in the meantime, Shark Tank, everyone. You have been listening to the TV Campfire Podcast, hosted by ATX TV co-founders Emily Gibson and Caitlin McFarlane, and produced by Jennifer Morgan. This conversation was recorded live at ATX TV Festival Season 12 in Austin, Texas, between June 1st and 4th, 2023. For more information on the festival and becoming an ATX TV member, follow us at ATX Festival or visit ATXFestival.com. <laughs>